How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Grant and Danny welcoming you back without Danny, who is out sick today. You are listening to 106.7 The Fan. We've been telling you over the last couple of weeks that the D.C. Defenders were back, that the XFL season was kicking off at Audi Field on Sunday night under the lights at 8 o'clock. And the starting quarterback of the D.C. Defenders joins us now, Jordan Tamu, who was one of the top players and an MVP of the XFL the last time the circuit existed. Jordan, thanks for a few minutes. How you been? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. So why don't we start with uh, your excitement for Sunday night? You know, th- Everything was going very well for this league prior to the-, the COVID outbreak, and everything got shut down, but... The XFL's back. You are now in D.C., in a new franchise, and you guys kick off a new campaign coming up on Sunday. What are your feelings? Uh, I'm excited. I mean, it was awesome in 2020. You know, we only played five games, but each week it got better and better um, with the fans, it, uh, the views on, on TV, on ESPN, and uh, now being able to go back into it with the Rock going in it now and, being on a new team and new franchise is an amazing feeling, and uh, can't wait to go out there and play in Audi Field now. What did you make of the level of competition in the XFL a couple of years ago, and just specific to whatever practice or exhibition matches you guys have been able to play so far? Yeah, you know how that compares to now. Um, it was good. I, I thought competition was very high. Um, everyone was fast, physical, strong, huge, and uh, you know. Every person that, you know, I was fresh out of college uh, going into that 2020 season, and I swear that everyone on that team played in the NFL before or had, like, a little stint in the NFL. So, um, you know, there was a lot of competition, and I felt like this league, there's a lot of, you know, NFL guys who's been on camps, who's been on teams, practice squads, who are just trying to get back in. So I think or uh, I believe that, you know, this competition in the XFL level is, uh, is very high. Jordan Ta'amu on Grant and Danny. A couple of different stints in college, but finished his career at Ole Miss in a power conference, went undrafted and was the star of the XFL in the last iteration, and he's had opportunities since to, to go like Taylor Heineke, who played with him in St. Louis with the Battle Hawks, uh, be a part of NFL organizations, including the Chiefs off and on the last couple of years, the Lions here in Washington with the Commanders, the Panthers, the Bucks as, as well. Um, I mentioned Taylor Heineke, who's one of the great success stories from the XFL. Yeah. You know, a lot of that is fit, right? Like, he was behind you on the XFL depth chart, and then he actually right. got an opportunity that you and some others maybe haven't gotten yet. What did his success in the National Football League do for your own confidence as a 25-year-old who had beaten him out at the XFL level to say, if I ever do get my shot at the, the big level, 
I could thrive. Right. Um, I, um, I love Taylor Haneke whenever we were at the Battlehawks together. And, you know, he's been in the league uh, for a couple of years before that XFL. And, and every time I got off the field, he always had something to, you know, share and something that I didn't see while I was on the field that he could see from the sideline. And, and it helped me a lot tremendously grow as a person, as a player. So, you know, seeing Taylor get his chance, you know, with the commanders and him balling out and getting that opportunity that we all wish and that we all are still striving for is amazing. So it kind of like, you know, gives everyone hope around this. Like, hey, if Taylor can do it. Like, you know, we can do it. We can go in and we all we need is opportunity, like you said. So um, seeing him get a shot, I'm super happy for him and um, can't wait to can't wait to get mine. Hawaii native Jordan Tamu, 25-year-old quarterback of the D.C. Defenders, who gets started on Sunday night at Audi Field. You can get your tickets now. Uh, joining us on Grant and Danny. So what should people expect? I don't want you to give away the whole game plan or the scheme, but <laughs> I called yeah. the, the Defenders games on the radio the last time the XFL existed, and obviously you guys came okay. to Audi Field and had a game, and you played great. Uh, you guys were – you know, read option type team. There was you were wide right. open. You threw the ball. You ran the ball. You were a dual threat. I mean, that's part of your game. Can we see some of that? And what should people expect if they're coming out to Audi Field on Sunday night? Yeah, um, when y'all come out, I you know expect us to you know go fast with this thirty-five second play clock. Um, you know, we're a north and south team. Uh, we love running it. We love throwing it. We have RPO games in there. We have quarterback run reads. So everything that I've been growing up doing, that's exactly what we have in this offense. So I'm excited to, you know, just go out there and let it rip. Who are some of the players based on having been around these guys now that we might want to familiarize ourselves with? Any names that we've heard or, or some weapons that you would say to keep an eye on who could be a big part yeah, I mean, of what you guys do? You know, I'm I'm in love with our uh, tight end group. Uh, we got, you know, Bradley Moore and then um, Ethan Wolf, uh, And then we got, you know, good wideouts. With Chris and Josh, uh, him, Josh playing in the slot, and then you know our backfield with Abram and Raquel. So um, I just think we have a you know good all around, um, good all around playmakers where I can just give them the ball and they can make something happen. Great O line to give me time in the backfield. Um, so I just believe like as soon as we start clicking, it's going to be hard stuff. Is it oversimplified to say that? All of the players in the XFL have the dream of either getting back to or into the NFL and playing. I mean, I get that you love playing for the game. You like the whatever money you're going to be making. But is this yeah. a, basically viewed as a stepping stone for everyone to try to get back to the league? Yeah, I would look at it as a you know a, you know opportunity for everyone to get uh, get back into the league or you know to to play again uh not for just us players but for us for the coaches as well so um this is definitely you know a stepping stone to get back into it and you know some others may have different goals but um you know my goal is to you know be the best quarterback in this league and uh get an opportunity in the nfl where where the stage is bigger jordan tamu on grant and danny he is the quarterback of the dc defenders in the xfl uh, one of the other reasons I wanted to talk with you is the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl again with Patrick Mahomes. Right. You were in that building, in their quarterback room in 2020 yeah. and in 2021. Why is Mahomes so good? He's so good. Just he just has that you know that champion that champion mindset. Um, every day he comes in, quarterbacks were always the first one in that building. 
and you know we're like literally the last people to leave uh with the coaches so you know he puts in the work and you know it, it shows and um a huge thing that barlow coach barlow says to us is that you know in order to perform in public we have to perform in private and that's what mahomes been doing and um just being able to learn and see him and how he you know does the of like certain things every day i mean it just makes him makes him that much different than uh you know the rest of the quarterback and the rest of the leagues practice squad active roster obviously very different your roles within the organization right. but were you, were you around him enough to kind of strike up a rapport and is he a guy that you know would take a young player like you under his wing and, and talk shop oh i mean everything he did we even practice squad guys had to do so uh we were right there with him every step of the way and it was a really great experience just to you know you know be in the room and watch him and see you know watch tape with him and um you know help you know, take notes and stuff. And um, so everyone kind of had a role in that quarterback room, even with Chad Henney. So um, just being able to see all of that was, you know, truly, truly amazing. I was grateful for that opportunity. Yeah, what a chance for you. Uh, now 25, yeah. but obviously, you know, even younger than that when you're around Mahomes. Uh, Eric Bieniemy yeah. could be coming to Washington, and, and there is so much made about how involved he is or what he does behind the scenes. And I think you probably have more perspective on the, the you know, the Andy Reid relationship with Bieniemy and how that all works than almost anyone we could get on yeah. the air today because you were there with the Chiefs. What were your thoughts on Bieniemy? Yeah. He he could be the next OC of the Commanders, obviously. Yeah, I love Eric um, Eb, Coach Eb, and um, everything he's he stood for. He had high high energy. He always wanted everything to be perfect, top notch, and uh, would get on the guys if you know a little mistake would happen that you know we should be able to fix. But um, having him, you know, he there's a lot of debate if he calls the plays or not. He does cause the plays, and you know Andy Reid can trump it if he likes something else. But um, Coach Reid and Eb, you know, they're, they worked together for a very long time, and um, just seeing the way E.B. carries himself, I think he's going to be a great fit um, when the commanders and, and his offense. So I'm not trying to lead the witness here, but but I guess my question would be, for all of the people who say, like, oh, well, Reed is so involved, that's his offense, he, he runs the whole shop, the enemy's just kind of there, you would say what? I would say it goes hand in hand. I mean, um, you know, EB, he calls the shots, but, you know, Andy can trump at any time. I mean, Andy, Coach Andy does have, like, a lot of say in the offense, and um, he does have a brilliant mind when it comes to that, and, you know, especially with Mahomes in the backfield. So I would say that, you know, EB is someone I would trust. It's just amazing to watch what the Chiefs have accomplished over the last few years. Tyreek Hill leaves, and somehow their offense gets better. There's a secret sauce there. I guess the sauce is just that Reed-Mahomes pairing. But when you're in Mm -hmm. that building like you were, is it obvious even in real time that what you guys are doing is just better than what most teams are able to do? Yeah, I mean, personnel goes a long way. um, You know, but putting us in the right situation, that's what, you know, the coaches did there um, in Kansas City. Um and, you know, really studied the heck out of other teams and how they played and and kind of scheming around, you know, their opponent. And that's what the Chiefs always done. They never looked two weeks ahead. They never looked. They always focused on that one opponent that week and made sure they can find all the little holes, all the little 
uh, mistakes that, you know, they made in the past and capitalize on it. And, you know, the Chiefs are really good at that. Jordan Ta'amu, XFL's D.C. Defenders, he'll be under center when they get started on Sunday night. So rapid fire here in our last few minutes. I guess a couple of things. I, I want to do some quick hitters with you. I heard that you build detailed, like, Lego structures. What can you tell me about that? Uh, I mean, a lot. Of, I don't know why everyone's uh, saying that, but I, you know, I have little to none experience with that. You know, Taylor Haneke is the is the Lego guy behind everything. He's been doing that, uh, not me. Okay, so that's. The, I think it's because <laughs> there, there's like these notes that the team sends out on players, and they're saying you're yeah, designing I, these I don't like know where detailed was, I was Lego where, models. Yeah. We need to update I don't know where that. Where everyone bro. was getting that from. That's hilarious. Hey, okay, so then this one might not be true either. But the other thing I was told about you is that you are like a, a elite level professional caliber pickleball player. Pickleball, that could be true. I'm like really good at pickleball. I would say that I play all sports. Uh, you know, from pickleball to volleyball, basketball, ping pong, darts, uh, you name it, cornhole. But I think pickleball is the the one I'm really good at and the lead at. Got my own title and everything. It's a shame that my co-host isn't here who's normally in because he's picked up (laughs) pickleball and all he's trying to do is play all the time. It's his new hobby. All right, last thing I'll let you out on this. Game is this weekend. People are listening, big sports fans who might consider coming, checking out the Defenders. What would you tell them? I'll tell them come out, ready to have some fun, uh, fill up the stadiums, and make a lot of noise. Well, we hope they do. Jordan, thank you for hopping (laughs) on Grant and Danny today. Enjoy the rest of the weekend ahead of kickoff, and good luck on Sunday. Thank you so much. Thank you. Making a note here, does not play with Legos. A G&D on the fan. We promised, though, here at around 315 that we would give away our first of three four-packs today of tickets to the D.C. Defenders opener that Jordan's going to be quarterbacking in. So caller number 10 in honor of the number Tamu wore as the MVP of the St. Louis Battlehawks last time the XFL was in action a couple of years ago. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. Congrats. You're winning a four-pack of tickets to the D.C. Defenders home opener. Join the Defenders this Sunday, February 19th at Audi Field. In D.C. at 8 p.m., they're taking on the Seattle Sea Dragons. Be there all season long. Get your Defenders season tickets today starting at $20 per game. Buy now at xfl.com slash tickets or visit thefandc.com slash contests. We've got another four-pack of tickets that could be yours coming up at 4 o'clock in about 45 minutes ahead of our uh, Beltway Blitz. So a few things on the XFL coming back. Number one, I get to thinking about Taylor Heineke and the Battlehawks and the fact that he was a backup quarterback in the XFL before he became the starting quarterback here in Washington for the majority of the last seasons, uh, two seasons. And it, it just makes it that much more amazing what he accomplished. Think about that. In an XFL locker room, he got beat out by Tamu and, and couldn't get on the field, essentially. And then you become the guy in an NFL locker room a little over a year later. It does show you something, I would say, about the talent in the XFL. But also, I've said this for a long time. I think most of you guys probably agree with me. So much of life is about fit and opportunity. I'm not going to pretend like any quarterback who played in college and who's played in one of these spring leagues, XFL, USFL, 
AFL, whatever it is, could play in the league. But I, I do think there are more guys, and it's not necessarily quarterbacks, but at a lot of positions that could have had careers that will never get the chance to because the stars didn't align. You know, they, they just didn't get the opportunity or, you know, they didn't have the, the one person like Heineke did with Scott Turner who believed in them since the day they saw him at a workout in college, like Scott Turner being the only guy to show up and watch Heineke play at Old Dominion. Uh, but I, I do love and think that it's really, really neat, and there is a romanticism, as I said earlier, to the XFL in that all of these players are keeping the dream alive. And they are hoping that each time you guys are watching them, they get seen by the right person, a coach, a GM, a scout, you know, someone who says, I think that guy could come play in our building. And I don't think, generally speaking, anybody's sitting there going, that's a starter who we're going to use in week one this year. But that's not how it begins in these journeys for these guys. Someone like Ta'amu, who's got some skills as a dual threat, who can run and make throws, gets a chance on a practice squad. And it just so happens for him, primarily it was Kansas City. He had a cup of coffee here in Washington. But, you know, then you're there and somebody gets hurt. And now you're elevated to the active roster, right? And then someone gets hurt during the game and now you're on the field. Like, that's how it happens. And if you don't get those breaks, if you don't get those chances, you may never get a shot. Kurt Warner was just bagging groceries and didn't decide to go play uh, for the Iowa Barnstormers. Like, we don't know who Kurt Warner is today. But I I think that the the last XFL we saw, a handful of players, a lot of guys got to NFL camps and have been on practice squads, but a few of them have become really solid NFL players. Donald Parham, the tight end who was with the defenders, has had a a nice little career with the Chargers, among others, and it's been really, really good to see. Uh, The coaches in this iteration of the XFL are really interesting to me, some big names. Uh, Greg Williams, the former defensive coordinator for the Redskins, who was very popular in town for – his aggressiveness and candor and uh, how often he cursed, among other things. Uh, He's the defensive coordinator here in D.C. for the defenders. So that'll be cool to see. Uh, Some of the guys that are the head coaches, though, are star players. Rod Woodson is going to coach in the XFL, the longtime analyst on NFL Network and the Hall of Fame talent with the Ravens and the Steelers and some other teams. I mean, just a really, really exceptional uh, NFL player. Uh, was on the Big Ten Network and has done a lot of broadcasting after 17 years and three championships. Uh, he is an XFL head coach. This is a great opportunity for guys like him or Heinz Ward's another good example, the longtime Pittsburgh Steeler uh, who joined the league from Florida Atlantic where he was the wide receivers coach. But a 13-year career has aspirations of coaching. And maybe you know this fast-tracks you into becoming a – a wide receivers coach in the NFL or an assistant, you know, who gets to call plays and be an OC or something like that. And I think that could be really, really good as a pipeline. Um, Pep Hamilton, who was the coach of the defenders a couple of years ago, was the offensive coordinator for the Texans this past year, calling plays for them. And obviously, you know, the head coach of that team, Lovey Smith, got blown out. And so Pep is looking for work. But, you know, he has been the coordinator with the Chargers and some other clubs here. Uh, so I think it's not just players, but it's a great opportunity for you know, Reggie Barlow joining uh, from Virginia State, the XFL, to coach the D.C. Defenders, who you know would like to coach in the league where he once played. He, he was a return man and played in a Super Bowl. Uh, Anthony Becht, former tight end, 
uh, going to be coaching. And then you've got some kind of old school, old faithfuls who have been NFL coaches and been around the block. Wade Phillips, Jim Haslett are coaching teams. Bob Stoops, the the legend from college, uh, coaching a team as well. So just speaks to maybe the caliber, uh, hopefully, of, of the product, that this is going to be pretty legit. And I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, this weekend downtown. We can talk more about uh, whether or not you're going to be going or how excited you are for some football in the district later in the show. Derek Carr. We knew he'd already met with the Saints. There's another NFL team that is going to be hosting Carr for a visit this weekend. I want to get into that and discuss whether or not a hiring of Eric Bieniemy could be a real selling point for the commanders as they recruit players and try to land you know, a key contributor or two in free agency. I would think that could be a real difference-making hire in terms of their suitability, and, and how much people would want to come here. We'll get into that next. G&D right here on The Fan. Now, this is all about deadlines, right? And Derek Carr does not need to make a deal until his deadline, which is basically the start of the tampering period. He wants a leg up on all the other free agent quarterbacks. He has got it. This is now his time to take some visits, talk to some guys, and see where it all ends. We know, as you mentioned, he has visited the New Orleans Saints. Sounds like that went very well. They are very much in the mix here. The Jets make sense, too, although it is obvious that Aaron Rodgers would be their top choice if they had their druthers of free agent quarterbacks. I mean, I think that That was Ian Rappaport of NFL Network on Derek Carr. We'll get into the visit he's got coming up with the New York Jets and where he could end up in just a moment. I think it's a little bit surprising that Washington's going to completely sit out the sweepstakes, but this is certainly evidence that they are actually going to practice what they preached and follow through on what they said as an organization a couple weeks ago that Sam Howell is their guy. Uh, Real quick, I just saw this, wanted to pass this along. Dodgers lefty Clayton Kershaw is not going to participate in the World Baseball Classic for Team USA. I don't know how many of you guys are pumped up for the WBC, but I am really excited for it. Uh, initially, the, the, the World Baseball Classic uh, was participated in uh, years ago, and the idea was that every three years we would do this, and ideally all the great players in Major League Baseball would participate. And For various reasons, we haven't had it as often as was originally uh, projected, but We've got the WBC this spring. These are you know, real, authentic, uh, highly competitive games during essentially the spring training window. And so many of the great players and stars in the game are going to participate. I had the uh, lengthy drive last night, road tripping it down to Carolina as I'm broadcasting to you guys today ahead of the Caps and the Canes tomorrow on location. And I spent a good chunk of our drive just kind of going over every single roster and reading them out uh, to my buddy who I was riding down with. I couldn't have been more excited just kind of thinking about the WBC and all the different countries participating and how serious they take this event in Japan and the Dominican Republic and here in the States. It's, It's a lot of fun. But I will say our starting pitching, as good as our lineup is, and our lineup is exceptional, uh, infield and outfield particularly looks really, really good for Team USA. The starting rotation, the guys who have decided that they're going to play in this thing, we were pretty light as it was, and losing Kershaw now to injury uh, seems problematic. But uh, he can't participate in the WBC. He's healthy, so that that isn't the issue. The report from Alden Gonzalez of ESPN, I found this interesting. 
even though he's not disclosing the details, a source of Gonzalez's says that Kershaw was unable to attain insurance for his contract. Uh, of course, he's had a history with back injuries. He's going to turn 35 next month. Uh, he is 100% healthy, according to Kershaw right now, and he had the full support of the Dodgers to play in the WBC. But I guess insurance, based on if you got an injury, what happens with the money in your deal, if, if somehow that, that money isn't able to be made moving forward, was a part of the process, and, and he just couldn't get anyone to agree to insure him. So he will not be participating. But you just hope when you have an exhibition as significant a tournament as this is and as much as the players care about it, that you can get everybody uh, healthy through this thing, especially the pitchers, because some of those injuries can linger for months on end and really affect uh, the upcoming season. But I wanted to pass that along. We'll get you a, a flavor of spring training with the Nationals. Coming up in 30 minutes on our Beltway Blitz today, we'll check in down in Florida with Mark Zuckerman of MassInSports.com. Want to ask him about, among other items, an emotional Mike Rizzo today. Talking about Steven Strasburg. Strass unable to post at spring training after yet another setback. And it sounds like Rizzo, when discussing Strasburg with the media, was very emotional. So we can ask him about that and some of these storylines to come out of West Palm Beach to this point for the Nationals when uh, he joins us in about a half hour. By the way, at 4 o'clock, we're giving away another four-pack of tickets to the D.C. Defenders and the XFL opener on 8 o'clock p.m. this Sunday night over at Audi Field. But uh, let's get to Derek Carr. You heard the highlight coming in there, the uh, audio from NFL Network. He is going to meet with the Jets, so... First, the non-commander side of this, just national NFL-wise. Carr, way more productive and consistent than you think over the last several years. He turns 32 in March. He holds almost every single passing record that exists for the Raiders. He has thrown for more than 4,000 yards in four of the last five years, a legit accomplishment. Not to do once or twice, but to become a perennial 4,000-yard quarterback in this league. You know, there, there are, I would say, fewer than 15 guys in the sport that every single year you can kind of just lock in at 4,000 yards. Generally, there's maybe a dozen guys at most that are in that class. Uh, they never won a lot in Oakland and then Vegas with Derek Carr. And we know what that's like at the quarterback position. I think a lot of the media still views wins and losses as an individual stat, certainly as a head coaching and a quarterback stat. And the media oftentimes is responsible for the education of the consumer. And because of that, I think a lot of fans look at record and hold it against quarterbacks if they're not on winning teams in winning organizations. So the fact that the Raiders are 63-79 and under Carr colors how he's viewed, obviously. Uh, He was a second-round pick in 2014 out of Fresno State. But there is something to be said for durability at that position as well. And I think this is something that, specific to when Kirk Cousins was here and played three straight years and didn't miss a game, and you had a guy who you you could write in Sharpie was going to be your starter and give you a chance every week, then he leaves and Alex Smith immediately got hurt and Colt McCoy, his backup, got hurt and You just look at the number of injuries at the QB position where Washington's gone through three and four quarterbacks 
per year at a time since Cousins walked out. That's something the Raiders are going to keep their fingers crossed doesn't happen to them. But I, I found this number pretty fascinating. Derek Carr is tied with Tom Brady for the most starts in the NFL since 2014 when he was drafted. Both of them have started 142 games. Uh, Brady, of course, missed time at one point for a suspension. I think he missed four weeks, and I don't know that he's missed a single other game. Carr was benched for two games this year and missed one game twice otherwise uh, in his career with the Raiders. 91 straight games for him that he had started without missing any time before they benched him with two weeks to go, which they did to essentially make sure they could cut him at the start of the offseason. If they would have played him in week 17 or 18, knowing at that time they were moving on from him, if he would have gone down and suffered a serious injury that would have lingered through the offseason into next year, they would have been on the hook. They couldn't have cut him. And so they basically protected themselves and their plan moving forward by releasing him. Um, So now he is able, because he was cut, he's not a free agent to be. If you're a free agent to be, the league year begins in mid-March, and you're not actually able to talk to other teams legally. You're not actually able to agree to a contract legally. Happens behind the scenes sometimes. Not a whole lot you could do about that. But, you know, not, not in the shadow, so to speak. The, the legal, the lights are on and we, we know who's talking to who rules are. If you're a free agent now, in mid-March, starting on the 13th, you can start talking to teams. Well, because the Raiders have cut Carr, he is able to sign with the team if he wants to right now, a full month before anyone else. And so this is legitimately a huge advantage for him. He basically is able, you know, imagine uh, houses being for sale. You know, these are the the, the analogous uh, part of this would be like the, the houses are uh, quarterback jobs. And while everyone else has to wait until March 15th, to go look at the house and walk through and, and, you know, take a tour and make an offer. He gets to go do it tonight, and he can buy the house if he wants to. So he's already gone to New Orleans and met with the Saints and been wined and dined. Now this weekend he's going to meet with the Jets, and they're going to pitch New York to him and, and try to make the case that he should come there. And it would be a a, a – departure for the Jets of how they've been operating. Because if you think about New York, they've actually really tried to fix their QB position through the draft with first-round picks. In 2009, they took Mark Sanchez, and while they got to the AFC Championship games and back-to-back year with him and Rex Ryan, it was kind of in spite of Sanchez. And because of that great defense, and he fizzled out. He's now a TV analyst, pretty good analyst on Fox. Uh, Sam Darnold in 2018, drafted in the top five, has since been traded. They, they swung and missed on that pick at a UFC. And more recently now, a guy that to this point I have been very wrong about, Zach Wilson, who they drafted number two overall, 2021, they benched last year multiple times. So the question now becomes, do you go the veteran route, which is what they're considering? They, they got a good situation. They got young receivers led by offensive rookie of the year Garrett Wilson. They've got a great young running back room led by a star at the beginning of last season who they just drafted. 
They've got an up-and-coming offensive line, a defensive-minded head coach with a good defense. They brought over Nathaniel Hackett, who everyone makes fun of as a head coach who did a terrible job in Denver, but that doesn't mean he's not a good OC. He was fantastic with the Packers and was beloved by Aaron Rodgers. So it would feel like this is the type of team that you could bring uh, Derek Carr to and maybe compete right away. And they're middle of the pack. They are right now projected to be about 260000 over the salary cap. Not a problem at this point of the offseason because there's a lot of moves to be made, uh, contracts you can rework, players you can cut. But they're basically you know, smack dab in the middle in football in terms of cap space right now. Um, so a team to look out for for Derek Carr with the Saints. I still think there's some other NFC South interest. I'll bet he meets with Frank Reich and Carolina. And I would think that even Atlanta, which is quarterback hungry, uh, after their pick of Desmond Ritter last year and having Marcus Mariota start so many games, might be interested in meeting with him as well. But expect him to find a home in the next couple of weeks before the market opens because that's the the value that he can play. Uh, and that's kind of the the only thing he's got going for him necessarily above some of the other quarterbacks who might be available that are better, a la Rodgers if he hits the market, is you know, right now this moment, He's able to find a home before anyone else, and maybe a team wants to strike while the iron's hot, have quarterbacks solved, and not have to worry about it so they can kind of build around that. If you're just jumping in the car and joining us, you will not hear Danny today. Unfortunately, he is home sick, and that means something big is going to happen in D.C. sports. Every time he misses a show, something huge happens. So we can only assume that Eric Bieniemy is going to be announced as the offensive coordinator of the commander soon, or uh, who knows? Let's keep our ears to the wall on Dan Snyder and the sale, I guess, as well. we got our double play, what's going on in our lives, nothing to do with sports, coming up next, and the Blitz at the top of the hour on G&D. Lay of the land ahead on Grant and Danny without Danny, who is out sick today. We are awaiting news on Eric Bieniemy. When we get it, we'll have it for you first on the fan. We will break down and react to whatever is finalized between Washington and potential new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Top of the hour, 4 o'clock, we've got a four-pack of tickets for you to the D.C. Defenders. you got to be listening at 4 o'clock. When we go blitzing, and at 5 today, Joe Beninati stops by the voice, the face of Capitals Hockey on NBC Sports Washington. He's been calling games for a couple of decades, does such a good job on their broadcasts. Uh, We want to hear from him about tomorrow's epic clash, the outdoor stadium series game in Raleigh, where I will be on site tomorrow. I'm actually here in Carolina now doing the show on a Comrex down the line for you guys. But I'm really, really excited. I'm wearing my Caps hat, my Caps T-shirt, walking around town. Hopefully I'll bump into some listeners this evening before uh, we get to the game tomorrow. But Joe B. will be on the horn coming up at 5 o'clock. Without further ado, though, it is time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. All right, so I got a couple of things cooking for you guys. First of all, so I welcome in Darius and Ryan back in our D.C. Half Street studios. When's the last time you guys went on a lengthy road trip in the car, and how long was said road trip? Uh, speaking for myself and myself only here, I went on a about 
seven-hour road trip down to the beach in South Carolina. So that was back in August. Okay, seven hours qualifies as a long time. I think anything over five hours is really long. And last night, your boy was in the car for about five hours, 20 minutes. So that counts to me. I left at about 7.30, got here a little after 1 a.m. Like, that's a lengthy trip. Darius, your last long road trip. Oh, man. I think my last long road trip was probably, I don't know, I want to say maybe 2016 when I went out to, when I went to Charlotte. I, I went to Charlotte to go see the Wizards play in uh, Charlotte and visit some friends down there. All right, cool. Now, here's why I bring this up. I found the trip to be, as a grown adult, very pleasant. As crazy as it sounds, in the car, five hours, I found it to be thoroughly enjoyable. More enjoyable because I didn't drive on the way down, right? I, I was the passenger. But even if I was driving, we hit very little to no traffic. We had no issues. We left at night. But I bring this up as a juxtaposition because I don't know if you guys traveled as kids on long trips. I'm one of four. I have three siblings. My parents, me, my siblings, we would go to the beach every summer to Myrtle Beach or Emerald Isle or something in Carolina. We would go visit. My aunt and uncle who lived in West Virginia, but not like, oh, a couple hours away, like the Panhandle near Ohio, West Virginia, about six-hour drive from where we were in King George County in Virginia. And I remember those trips feeling like they took 50 hours. Six hours in a car as a kid feels like it's forever. You're asking, how many more episodes of Full House Away are we in you? There's snacks and there's drinks and you're packing like you're going on a cruise, basically. And every time we would get wherever we're going, I was always in trouble. Me and my brothers have gotten into a fight. Someone, you know, my sister has egged me on and I pinched her or something. So I I end up inevitably grounded when we get there. I'm like saying hi to my aunt and uncle and I have to go straight up to a room for timeout or whatever. But I just remember as a kid, these road trips of like five, six hours felt like forever. And I haven't done this in years because I fly everywhere now. But last night we decided to drive, save some money, and it would have been easy, right? It was very pleasant as an adult. Just me in the open road, man. Do you guys remember traveling as a kid and what it felt like compared to now? It's crazy. Well, actually, yes, and I share the same sentiment. You know, growing up as a kid, we took a road trip down to Florida for a cruise. We took a road trip up to Boston for a wedding. Uh, We've done a road trip to Nashville. My mom is big on road trips, but... I can say, certainly, I am not okay with any long road trip. I can do it if I'm driving. But if anyone else is driving, I find myself being impatient. I'm a backseat driver. I have to critique them on which food they got, which food they didn't get. Guy, I'm telling you, yesterday was so silly. So I was just on my phone. So we watched the 41-minute, you actually sent it to me, I think, the, the audio of the Super Bowl and everyone being mic'd up. Mic'd up, up. yep. So that, that was 41 minutes, knocked that out. I mean, we could have put Netflix or whatever we wanted on my phone. It's 2023. We could watch a TV series, listen to a podcast, whatever. But we ended up, you, you know what the bit was for like the last two hours? We watched the highlights from every Redskins game in 1994. Wow. Why Why 1994? I have no idea. I think it's we, we were just talking about our earliest memories of the Redskins. And I was six. I uh, turned six in 94, but for the season, I was I was five years old. And my earliest memories of the team were them wearing their uh, throwback, like 75th year of the NFL jerseys. John Freeze playing a week four game against the Colts. 
So we just started looking at highlights of a couple of these things I was remembering, like Andre Collins ripping off a, a 92-yard return against the Bucks for a touchdown. And so we just we got it. We're like, okay, what was week one? So we just went game by game watching highlights of the 94 Redskins. And my big takeaway was everybody sleeps on Henry Ellard. Do you guys have any file on Henry Ellard? Ryan definitely doesn't. Do not. No file at all. Guy, Henry Ellard. There were graphics that popped up during this season where he got to sixth all-time in catches, I think it was, and tenth all-time in yards. He was such a beast in Norv Turner's offense. I remember he was one of my favorite players of my childhood with Brian Mitchell and some others. But I don't know how there's not talk about – like he was a two-time All-Pro. I think he was only a three-time Pro Bowler. But I'm sorry, if you were one of the top six ever in catches and top ten in yards, and I don't even think he was done at that point, you should be in the Hall of Fame conversation. But he was going for like eight for 100 every week. Another hot take I have, and this is going to go over like gangbusters, Heath Schuler flashed like a strobe light, dude. Heath Schuler was making throws in 94. There was some bad moments as well. But Heath Schuler, I was watching the highlights. I admit to that, okay? I saw some ugly stat lines in there. But Heath Schuler was dropping the ball in the bucket here and there. The next thing you know, he'd be benched for freeze or benched for Farrat. Heath Schuler was not as terrible as I remember hearing he was just watching the highlights. That's my hot take. I like that hot take. And, you know, something similar for me is you sleep on Mark Brunel and how good of a quarterback that he was when I was growing up. That I'm, I'm sure you sleep on Mark Brunel. No, you sleep. You sleep. You well, sleep. If, if by sleep on, you mean... I don't properly remember that it took him a crow hop and like a running start and five steps to to throw the ball longer than 40 yards, then I probably do sleep. Well, in today's game, you have to look for unique factors in in quarterbacks. And if you're looking at Mark Brunel and he's taking that crow hop, that that is considered unique in my mind. 1994 Redskins, every game, highlights of all the games. I'm telling you, number one, Henry Ellard, we don't talk enough about how good he was. So you tweet me at Grant H. Paulson with your Henry Ellard thoughts. He had, in week one of that season, I think it was week one, he played the Atlanta, no, 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 week one was Seattle. So a couple weeks later, maybe their home opener. He played the Falcons, Washington won the game. He rips off like an 80-yard catch and run touchdown. He does a front flip as he gets over the goal line. So cool. Henry Ellard, man. Not talked about enough. And is this a crazy take to say, yes, the bad of Heath Schuler was really bad, but there was some good too. And if we dissected the quarterback position like we do now, there would have been, like we, there would have been a great debate in town as to whether or not he had enough time or if he still had something in the tank. Or am I just being crazy? You can tweet me, at Grant H. Paulson, if you'd like. It is time for our Beltway Blitz at the top of the hour, plus another four-pack of tickets to the D.C. Defenders coming up at 4 o'clock on the fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.